show today we will hear from jeremy jonesy anderson of jones's guide service on park rapids area fishing and andy thompson of the bemidji area fisheries office is in with our lake of the week it's all coming up welcome to fish and paul bunyan country sponsored by visit bemidji Today we're headed over to the Park Rapids area to find out what's going on there with Jeremy Jonesy Anderson of Jones Guide Service. Jonesy, welcome back to the show. Hey Kev, great to be on the show. Haven't heard uh, heard too many good reports out lately, but then we have days where we get fish uh, that are cooperating like we like today, and then it kind of changes your attitude about everything. <laughs> it's funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah, a- absolutely. Well, this would be typically the time of the year where you're you're not going to have a great walleye bite, right? Right, and that's luckily for us in the Park Rapids area, I would say 80 or 90% of the people we take after the end of June uh, really just want bites, and that helps us immensely, if you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. um, like today I had a group of four, uh, husband, wife, and their two kids, and um, I've taken them for a few years, and I knew they just wanted bites, and kind of knowing the lakes around and what's been happening and talking to the other guides and other people. And um, we chose a lake that I knew we'd get a bunch of bass and chance at walleyes and pike. And we got a little bit of everything and lots of bass and uh, they were super happy. So that's just kind of our job is to figure out where we can go to get those bites when we have so many people that just want to catch fish when they're here. Well, yeah, yesterday I was out as well, and, uh, you know, we were we were on a lake, and we just uh, caught a lot of largemouth and had a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. uh, those guys seem to bite whenever, and, yeah, you're not going to do a fish fry with them, but, boy, you're going to spend an afternoon having a lot of fun. That's funny you say you're not going to do a fish fry with them when we're cleaning a pile of them here. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you got to remember, a lot of the people we take are not from the North Country, even people from... You know, Fargo area, the cities, and all the states south of there. I got people from Nebraska today. Uh, they love keeping bass and cleaning bass. As long as you don't keep the big ones, mm-hmm. um, we keep them. The max I would keep in my boat usually is 14 inches. We, we're cleaning a lot of that 11 to 13 inch range, um, and that I feel like we have tons of those in our lakes, and that doesn't hurt the population at all. And they, the, everybody I talk to says they fry up really well and. They're they're ecstatic to get bass. They they like how they taste. So again, that's a that's a benefit we have of just getting bites. We can go and kind of troll live bait or 
artificials and areas where you know everything lives. And when we get bass, it's, they have no problem with that at all. Well, clearly they don't have the sophisticated fish palate we do here in in the north. There country. you go. Yeah, we're we're pretty <laughs> we're pretty uh, blessed to have what we have, so we can be a little more. Uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, but snobby snooty about what we like. Yeah, snobby <laughs> or snooty like about the fish we eat. So. All right. Well, so you're so you're cleaning up bass. Um, yeah, you know I've heard that from other people as well that uh, the yeah. bass actually tastes pretty good, but I haven't uh, experienced that myself yet. So, yeah, you haven't had a tough enough day to do that. That's right. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't been hard luck enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, if nothing else, I can just go to the locker plant and buy walleye if I need to. You know. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Jeremy, um, what are some of the lakes you know in general that are doing well right now? We focus, like today I focused on one of the deeper, clear lakes in our in our area, Long Lake. And uh, Long Lake, like other lakes, you know, we've had tremendous weed growth in all of our lakes this year. Mm-hmm. Weed beds are insane. Um, the water's going down, so actually you can see the tops of, like, cabbage sticking out. And I've noticed that shallow cabbage, the shallower stuff, is basically dead. It's brown, a lot of it. Um, if you can find the green weeds like on a long lake or a big sand or some of those deeper clear lakes, uh, the fish are really sucked into the weeds. Um, I was on potato last week, the same thing. If we could find the deeper, you know, on potato, there's a lot of rock. If we could find some of those green weeds with rocks on the edge, that's where the fish were. I mean, you had to be right on top of them to get them to bite too. They're, they're a little finicky this time of year, um, but that's, that's a guide's job and that's anybody's job to find fish. So you, you get real specific and, um, and those small, small spot on the spot areas, and um, once you find them, it, it's it's not fast and furious usually. It's just a bite here or there. Um, but you definitely, uh, when you target those areas, you definitely had a better chance of putting fish in the boat. Now it's not no surprise that you know you're going to be catching bass this time of year. What other fish tend to be decent in the in the what we would consider the dog days of walleye season? Yeah, well, here's the funny thing. We caught it, uh, one really nice walleye today up in about 10 feet of water. Um, it's like about a 23-incher, and uh, we got it on a crankbait casting. And then we did get a couple nice pike, a couple in the slot, one that we could keep under under that 22-inch, 21-inch pike that we're going to clean up here soon. And um, so we, you know, kind of a little bit of everything. You just you get fewer of those bites this time of year than you would earlier in the season in the same areas, but you catch more bass than you would earlier in the season, so it kind of kind of evens out in some ways. Um, but panfish bites been going fairly well. It's not as good as it sometimes is in August. I almost feel like, you know, we had kind of an early ice out, um, and then we've had all that heat in June and then through July. I mean, it's, we all know it's been a hot and dry summer. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like the dog days have started a little earlier. Um so you've got to find different ways to get fish to bite. Uh, I had a trip last Thursday. We started fishing for bass, typical up. I was showing the, a couple of high school kids how to fish bass up shallow. We couldn't get a bite to save our lives. We were doing everything that you'd usually do. Uh, then we went out off the deep weed line, deeper weed line, and started using live bait. We did not get bites. Uh, we pulled out crankbaits and started casting, and they started banging fish of all three species, and they loved it because... You know, high school kids—they're pretty active. They want—they wanted to move. They didn't just want to sit. Um, so the the crankbait bite, the reaction bite, started working well. So we stuck with it the rest of the trip and um, put a bunch of fish in the boat for them, and they were 
they were happy and they were heading to the bait shop after the trip to buy a whole bunch of new crankbaits that we were using. <laughs> uh, you know, that's part of the guiding too. We, I taught them what spots to look for, what weeds to look for, and then how to use the crankbaits. Just don't cast it out and reel it in. You know, pauses and um, to look at how the depth of you know which ones to throw where and the depth that they're running. So you're not just hung up in weeds all the time, but you're getting close enough to the fish uh, to get a reaction bite out of them. And, so they were they were super happy. What mistake do most people make when they're trying to catch fish in the heat of summer? I think a lot of people fish too deep. Honestly, uh, I think they assume. I hear that from so many people who are guiding. They're like, "Oh, I bet the walleyes are way out deep." Uh, well, look at today. You know, water temps on for Long Lake was seventy-seven degrees, seventy-six and a half. Mm. For that lake, is really hot. Yeah. And, uh, the only walleye we caught was in ten feet. Um, and we spent a majority of our, of our time in 14 to 18. That's where the bass were biting. So it's the opposite of what people would think. Um, but yeah, I, I would feel, I see a lot of people, well, it depends on what you're fishing with, but I see a lot of people moving too fast. Um, if you're fishing with trolling crankbaits or spinners or something, that's great. But I see people troll around me and way out deep and then, you know, they're trolling way too fast, and I see what they're using. They're using, like, a Lindy rig and a leech. Well, I mean, you're trolling two miles an hour with a Lindy and a leech out in 30 feet. That always doesn't work as well as, you know, I guess it depends on what you're using. But, yeah, fishing shallow, it's amazing how the walleyes are in the weeds when it gets hot, more than people know. Um, and you can, you know, depending on what method you like to use, you, there's a lot of ways you can catch them, but... Uh, sometimes fishing slower or like a crankbait's a reaction bite. Um, so you're throwing a crankbait or if you're throwing bobbers and leaving it right in front of their face, that's a great way to do it as well. You might have to deal with a bunch of panfish if you're doing bobbers up in the shallow weeds sometimes, but if you find where there are walleyes, uh, you'll get walleyes, especially in our area, bass, even a chance at pike doing that too. How uh, how much water have you lost to the drought this year? Uh, the funny thing is, a couple of our chains, one chain in particular, the Mantrap chain, uh, was way up to start this spring. Mm. I mean, way high. Uh, it's kind of strange, and every other lake started low. Um, but now the, the Mantrap chain, and more particular, um, I'm more familiar with my parents live on uh, Deer Lake and then Beltane at the end of the Mantrap chain, and the water started to finally go down. It's getting closer to normal which is pretty lucky because then the rest of our lakes we go to, the, the water's quite a bit down. I, right. I, you know, it's hard to say shoreline-wise. You know, you look at a shoreline, it depends on how fast the shoreline tapers. But vertically, I mean, you're looking at like an access dock. It's had to have gone down, you know, 14 inches probably mm-hmm. vertically, which for some of these lakes is a lot. Yeah, so oh, they're yeah. Deep, they're deep lakes that hold a lot of water, and if they go down that far, that's a lot of water they've lost. So, um, I mean, we've had a few nicer rains in july june is what really got us behind in my opinion july's still been dry but at least we've had some right <laughs> right yeah yeah but it's affected fishing for sure like i said the, the weed beds they're sti- the, the cabbage are sticking out of the water and they're starting to lay down and die you know they it's you know it's just it's different something it's things to notice when you're out fishing put it that way well, you know, and, and you guys have, in, in the Park Rapids area have done an incredible job, you know, uh, maintaining health as far as AIS goes. 
right. We've got AIS over here quite a bit, and we're starting to see some real differences in the lakes. And so anglers had to get used to that, you know, fish mm-hmm. moving because of that. And now with the water lower, they're, they're moved again because they've got to get, you know, a little deeper than they typically would. So there's been a lot of learning this year trying to figure out where the fish are just because of the weird conditions. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the hot, the heat of the summer, the hot, hot water temperatures you're dealing with, and then the water going down, and then, you know, no, not as much flowing water, um, you know, coming in from runoff or rain or stuff like that. Um, it, yeah, it's definitely been a lot different. I've had to use, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about jigging wraps now. A jigging wrap bite has started way earlier. I, I guess that you can use them all year for sure. But there's been a few days when that's the only way we could get bites was on mm. jigging wraps. When if you know if I got people that really want walleyes, we're going to use jigging wraps a lot this time of year, and we're lucky we had them a few days because that's all we got bites on, and that's just that's part of learning. And a couple of the spots we caught them on um, had massive weed beds out in 20 feet of water. You can tell how clear the lake was, um, but weeds that I've never seen that tall in that deep mm. water. Wow. And uh, we were just using those jigging wraps right above the weeds, and um, we were dragging live bait, throwing bobbers right in those same areas, woody to get bit. Um, so it's kind of kind of interesting. You find, like you said, things are changing. You find different weed beds and spots on a year like this that maybe there's some weeds there, but otherwise they're you know they don't hold a lot of fish. And now this year, it's it's one of the better spots on a lake. So it's you know electronics comes into play. Sure. Um, you know, watch your electronics. You're not always looking for fish. Look for weeds or rocks or differences, changes like that, transition zones. Jeremy Anderson of Jones Guide Service joining me today. We've got a lot more to go with Jonesy later on in the show. But up next, it's Lake of the Weekday. And we're going to look at that famous lake within a lake. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi... Bemidji, one step further. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, holy cow. It is Lake of the Weekday, and we're checking in with Andy Thompson of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office. We're going to head over to the Cass Lake chain and do that rare lake within a lake, Windigo. And Andy, that's the that's the most interesting thing about it is it's one of the, I, some people say it's the only uh, place where there's an island on a lake that then has its own lake within that island. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I. I don't know if it's the only one, but it's it's pretty rare. Um, yeah, it's an island, a lake on an island in a lake, and it's a you know decent sized lake considering it's on an island. It's about 200 acres, uh, fairly shallow, only a maximum depth of about 20 feet, and uh, it's I'd consider it kind of a warm water lake and and pretty undisturbed. It's a pretty natural setting. I think there's maybe one or two docks on the lake that are coming from um, cabins that are on the island that 
also have frontage on on Cass Lake. Yeah, it's it's Windigo Lake. It's on Star Island, which I think pretty much everybody who's been in this area for any length of time knows about Star Island. Um, so if you don't live on on that island or you don't uh, have access to that lake, so h- how can people fish it? Uh, do they have to bring their boat, park on the shore, and take a canoe in or something like that? Yeah, something like that. You got a boat boat to the island and the 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 way into it there's a portage it's a u.s forest service developed portage on the north side of star island and you can drag across uh it's fairly short maybe 50 yards across uh basically a sand uh, a beach and uh you can either you know bring a bring a canoe in your in your bigger boat to carry in or or just take a small boat across to that you can drag in so is there a purpose for fishing other than it's a kind of a cool experience? Yeah, it's uh it's it's not terribly notable, but there you can get into some good numbers of sunfish. It's got a, a high density sunfish population, so there is a lot of action to be had. It's a good place for kids to to fish and I think it's a popular place for uh people staying in the on the numerous resorts on Cass Lake to, you know, as an outing to go go over there and swim because the water tends to be a little warmer there too and fish for sunfish um there are some bass in the lake and including uh smallmouth bass at least there there were some smallmouth at one time and i've heard heard some that there are some nice bass in that lake our our survey data is fairly limited on that lake but um we haven't documented uh much in the way of good numbers of uh bass but we we also don't try to haul our electrofishing boat in there either. <laughs> yeah, I imagine not. One of the things I thought was real interesting was it's it, it this survey was taken. You know, well, it's been a long time ago, um, but um, it, it looks like there's some northern pike in there and some decent sized northern pike. Yeah, some, it's got a good good number of northern pike. It's fairly high density, and despite that, in that last survey, it, it still had some decent sized fish as well. Uh, typically, our our high density pike lakes tend to be lacking in the size department. And he, interestingly, we even caught a few walleyes in there in that lake. Uh, we're not real sure where they originally came from, or if they're just kind of a constant uh, trickle of of walleyes going in there, you know, over the portage or or what. But uh, there's usually a, a handful in there. I presume that uh, it's very much like Cass Lake, and that I, I, I'm assuming the water is fairly clear in that lake. Yes, it's very clear. Uh, sand bottom warms up nicely because it's you know fairly small and shallow, so it, it is a popular place for people to go and just swim. And and uh, actually, there's a, a pretty extensive hiking trail on Star Island, and and a good part of that trail loops around the lake, so you can you can walk along. Uh, parts of the shoreline too it's uh it's worth seeing even if you're not going to go in there to fish it's kind of a nice nice place to visit yeah i think that was one of the reasons i like to talk about windigo every now and again is just because there aren't many places like it as we noted it's on an island and it's a lake within a lake and so you uh you get to do something that um isn't done a whole lot uh simply because uh again you're not going to get your boats in there. You're going to probably bring in a canoe, and, and it, again, it's kind of an adventure. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. 
So, um, again, good panfish action. And I'm guessing just because of the size of the lake, if you're looking for action and kids want to go catch panfish, that might even be a better option than Cass Lake is at times. Yeah, uh, usually those, you know, those high-density sunfish lakes have no shortage of, of willing biters and, and uh, pretty easy to get into some, some regular fish-catching action. Um, of note, there is a five-fish sunfish limit on that lake, one of the new uh, quality sunfish regulation lakes that have just gone into effect this year. And uh, mainly it's uh, just because the, all the surrounding water also has that regulation, so it, it would be pretty tough to have a, a different regulation on that lake when you have to boat across a, a different lake. <laughs> I swear I caught these on Windigo. Right. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense as well. But again, you just got to go to Star Island. So uh, get on Cass Lake. However, you get on Cass Lake, get over to Star Island, bring a canoe or something like that, and and slide it across and and try out Windigo just to say you did it. Yeah, it's worth it. It's on it's on my long list of places to try fishing myself that I haven't yet done. That's the thing. We live here, you know, for me, it's been 30-something years, and it's just just too many lakes. We're just the most spoiled people in the planet. Yeah, if it gets too far from the house, I, I tend to to not go. <laughs> right. All right, it is our Lake of the Week. It's Windigo on Star Island uh, in the middle of Cass Lake, and uh, it is the famous lake within a lake. Andy Thompson, the acting Bemidji Area Fisheries Supervisor with the details. Andy, thanks for your time today. Yes, thank you, Kev. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Jeremy Anderson of Jones Guide Service, my guest today. We're talking Park Rapids Area Fishing. And when we went to break, we were talking about all the adjustments we have to make due to low water this year. The other thing you have to learn as a boat operator is, you know, places you used to cruise by at high speeds, you may not be able to cruise by at high speeds this year. Oh, absolutely. That's that's come into play quite a bit on some of these lakes. Uh, for example, last, last weekend, uh, you know, Jason Durham and I were doing a double guide trip mm-hmm. on Potato. We had the same group, just a bunch of people in each boat and there's a lot of rock piles out there, and there's a couple that aren't marked. And usually on a normal year, I think they're not marked because you wouldn't hit them. But, oh, man, we went way around those because we knew that we've got a good chance of hitting them with the water down like this. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt I've seen people hit rocks on certain lakes before, even when I didn't think you could. I can't imagine this year if that's happened more than we even know. It'd be interesting to talk to some of the boat places and see if yeah. they've had more more motors coming in yeah. <laughs> that have hit hit rocks or hit bottom in places and and you know props getting dinged up and everything else. How are your accesses doing? They're doing okay. Um, they're actually. I've noticed. I thought you know with the heat and the weed growth this summer, I thought some of the accesses would be really bad with weeds, uh, but they're not. But the you know so far there's not an access around. I know that you couldn't get a boat in. You know, it's, it hasn't gone down that far that it's 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 that bad. Um, okay. I could be wrong. Somebody's probably listening going, oh, you can't, you know, this lake and this lake. But I haven't been to an access yet. They're all pretty easy to still get your boat off of. Um, so that's a good thing. Guys, I'm feeling sorry for right now are the, the muskie anglers. That, that fish is the one that is most susceptible to being, you know, hurt by these 
these warm water temps, and I know a lot of them just, they're not even, they don't feel comfortable fishing right now. Right, and the ones I do know that are going out and actually getting some fish, they're, you know, musky anglers, a lot of them, the hardcore, don't even take them out of the water anyways. Right, And right. they're definitely not. They're, they don't even care about pictures, they don't care about anything, and maybe maybe that's a good trend that might continue into the future that they, you know, they realize maybe just snap a picture in the water or something, but yeah, I, I do, I hope, you know, I hope we don't have a bunch of fish kind of die or go down because the numbers go down because of, you know, people, you know, let's say you're on vacation for a week. Well, you're not going to not fish muskies. You're only week of the year you get to do it. But right. uh, let's let's hope we don't lose a few fish here and there everywhere just because, um, just because of that heat and the stress it takes on those fish. Yeah, pretty much all the rest of the fish seem to be able to, to handle it pretty well uh, other than you know, pulling up a bunch of walleyes from thirty or forty feet down—that can that right. can be bad. But, um, but the muskies, those are very, very susceptible fish. Absolutely, yeah. Well, like you said, even you know, we have a couple that nicer walleye and a couple pike to clean today. They were all very healthy and alive and alive well when we got to the access. So that's they'd be fine. But yeah, you put one of those big muskies. You know, if you happen to put it in your live wall or do something, I I think they'd have a hard time going back. We, you talked about the the weed fish. Uh, that's what I've heard basically since opener. Walleyes in the weeds, and it hasn't changed hardly at all. Right, and I see very few people doing it. Um, I know people kind of get in their ruts. You know, we've caught them here. We've caught them doing this before. But, yeah, I think the weed growth isn't crazy. The bait fish are sucking into those weeds. There's oxygen in the weeds. And uh, those fish just haven't left. That's been their home. And case in point today, the only one we got was casting shallow. And like mm-hmm. I said, we didn't really uh, try for walleye super hard today. We were in areas we could catch them. But the little bit we casted up shallow, that's when we got one. It'd be interesting if we had done that more throughout today, if we had gotten more of them. So if, if we're going out fishing, really, we just have to be prepared to fish for whatever at this point. Yeah, and I think we, uh, that we're we up front with people. If they say they truly want walleyes, we tell them as guides in this area, you know, a really good day if, is, you know, if you caught four, maybe six, that'd be like killing it right now <laughs> on, a, on a lot of lakes. You know, that you can you can hit it where you hit it right and you have great days, but um, we, we're just basically tell them that the best thing to do is just to go out and we're going to go somewhere like we did today, go to a lake where we know there's some bass biting and and then have chances at the other ones. And I'd say 90% or more of the people we take are pretty happy with that. And like I said, now we're, we're eating bass, and they 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 love it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to change it. Our goal is to make them happy. And that's, you know, that's what we try yeah. to do. How have, I mean, have, have, the, uh, have the lakes been busy this summer? Not as busy as last summer overall. Um, I honestly don't see a lot of fishing pressure compared to even you know I, I don't fish around Bemidji as much as I used to but I don't see as much fishing pressure around here um not even that much uh this time of year especially you see a lot of people fishing panfish uh we see a lot of boating pressure jet skis and tubers and all that sort of stuff but like today we probably saw half a dozen boats on a 2,000 acre lake wow that's that's nothing you know yeah, we felt like we had the whole lake to ourselves. We saw two other fishing boats, and that's it. Uh, that's kind of nice, and maybe it's because it is tough fishing right now. That could be a part of it. 
Um, but you, yeah. you just realize that resorts are even saying it's a kind of a changing. People aren't coming to just fish much anymore. They're coming to just relax and enjoy the water and everything else. Well, you know, last year we had a lot of fishing pressure. It's one of the few things you can do. And I, I you know, uh, I thought it was going to stick around a little longer maybe than it did because um, people seem to enjoy it. And it was something that they discovered. But real life is back to getting back to normal and all those other things that uh, turn our heads are, are going on, too. So maybe it's back to what we've seen before. I agree. And I was kind of excited, you know, at to see more people, especially young people, getting into fishing. But years, I mean, I've got kids in activities, younger kids, and mm-hmm. activities were all back in full force this summer. And even talking to this family today, they've, they've been busy with activities all summer, and this is, this is the first time they've, you know, coming up to stay at a resort that they've got to actually go out and enjoy the outdoors, which is kind of sad mm-hmm. in some ways, you know. It was kind of nice. A lot of families agreed it was really nice to have a break from everything last year and get out and enjoy this stuff. Um, maybe we've got to take a look at everything and go to more of a balanced lifestyle where, you know, we still get out fishing, hunting, enjoy the outdoors, but, you know, still be a part of those activities. Uh, I just, I don't know, I feel like activities at schools are getting so much more intense and so many more hours put toward them. It, I mean, it's a good thing, but it's also, you know, it also can be bad in that case where, families feel overrun and stressed out about getting their kids here and there and seasons are lasting longer and practicing year round. And yeah, Yeah. you want to get better at sports, but it's taking away from some of this other stuff that, you know, kids growing up should be able to experience and enjoy. Oh, I, I, uh, I completely agree. And that balance, I have talked to a few people about that this year. I just, uh, I'd like to see a little more balance because, you know, let's be honest. For most of us, our baseball careers and our football careers, very short-lived. Uh, the ability right. to fish is a lot longer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and, and, and they argue back, well, we, we, we understand they only have this long to be able to play, let's say, if you only know you're going to play high school sports. Um, yeah, we get that, but it doesn't have to take over your life either. Right. You know, you should be able to, you got to go spend time with aunts and uncles, grandpas and grandmas, and your parents and you know, go out in the pontoon and fish a little or go out and fish or tube or do that kind of stuff also instead of, you know, having to take over your life. The part, this, we're opening up another can of worms. <laughs> but part of, the, part of the problem is, you know, the coaches see other schools doing it and they, they know they're going to get behind or feel like they're going to get behind. If, oh, you know, yeah. they're practicing this much. Well, we got to do that too. We got to, we, we're getting behind them. And, you know, there's that competitive side like that. And, you know, that's kind of what's driving all of this, I believe. But um, hopefully families can step up and make the decision. And I've seen a lot of families, even families that I guide, do that, where they, they kind of cut stuff off and, and go enjoy the, the great outdoors as we should. We're lucky we have it right out our back door. I know a lot of people don't, but um, hopefully we see more of a trend in that direction. Well, Jeremy, uh, who runs Jones Guide Service, which, I don't know, that's kind of like uh, Dave's Pizza or Giovanni's Pizza here in Bemidji or even Keith's Pizza. There's no Keith there either anymore either. There's that's no right. Jo- <laughs> exactly right. Jones, Jones is just the nickname that I've been called my whole life, and uh, it made sense for me to go with it. I could have called it Jonesy because a lot of people call me Jonesy when they see me, but, yeah, just stuck with Jones back when I started it, geez, almost 18 <laughs> years ago, which seems crazy. 
Um, I don't even feel like I'm 18 years old, right, Kev? <laughs> no, um, me neither. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, Jones's Guide Service has uh, just stuck with it. And like I said, everybody calls me Jones, so it, it fits. I, I, when people call me by my name, I don't even respond sometimes. I'm not <laughs> even used to it. <laughs> Well, I think it's it's always good, you know. If you're even if you're from Bemidji, Minnesota, and you you are somewhat familiar with some of these lakes over in the Park Rapids area or wherever, I, I think it makes sense to uh, you know hire a guide first second time you've gone over there and, and and learn some things about that. So whether they're from Bemidji or Iowa or wherever they might be listening to this uh, this radio show or podcast, uh, Jonesy, if they want to use your your services, how do they get something set up? Sure, they can just call my cell phone, or actually, nowadays, you know how it is, texting is one of the biggest ways that people contact me. I hardly get any phone calls. <laughs> but my phone number is 218-252-0957, and that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. All right. It's Jeremy Anderson of Jones Guide Service, talking Park Rapids area fishing with us. Hey, Jones, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Kev. I love your show. I love listening to it always. Oh, man, I'm going to save that recording and use that over and over and over. <laughs> I do. I love hearing other people talk about fishing. You always learn something or hear a good story. So Definitely have some good stories coming up next week and probably on our next show when we take a look at what's happening on Rainy Lake with Bruce Jean. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to the podcast at Podcast One or on the Pod MN app, which will also give you access to thousands of other Minnesota podcasts as well. And, of course, when you subscribe to the podcast, it allows you to listen when it's convenient for you and also get a lot of bonus content that doesn't always make it onto the radio show. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for being here. Fishing for Bunyan Country. Thank you.